Welcome to another episode of Teachers in the Dungeon. Join hosts Tom and Dan as they break down the campaigns they create and play, sharing memorable successes and unforgettable failures of players and the DM, as well as discussing a variety of D&D-related topics. So, grab your dice and grab some fun. It's time for Teachers in the Dungeon. Yo ho 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 yo ho 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 yo ho ho it's time to go time to go la 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 back to the dungeon back to the dungeon far below there's a high time to die ha 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 man i love to watch them cry ha 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 grab some dice Grab some fun, la 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 la. Join the teachers in the dungeon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross with Dan Ream. Hello. And welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. We're glad to have you. This is an episodic uh, adventure episode where we will continue um, on our adventure in the island, or on the island, rather, of Slint. Yes. We introduced this uh, a couple weeks ago, um, new adventure with Bert, Jacques, and Wade. <laughs> and we are on our way to... Men uh, of the Cloth. The, with Men of the Cloth, that's yes. right. A cleric, a druid, and a monk. Sounds like the start of a rude joke you'd hear in one of our many taverns on the Isle of Slint. Let's just sit back and see what sorts of trouble they get into, shall we? We're on our way to the city of Ain, actually escorting a couple of half orcs. Yes. To that, Some to negotiators, the negotiators, diplomats. Diplomats, yes. We had thought we discovered a coven of hags, but all the hags had been killed. Yes. And um, and then we were attacked by uh, animated scarecrows while we were there made our way toward the city, made a stop along the way, learned some things about refugees, refugees coming out, from the West, coming up from the West in running. And so that that's kind of become part of our mission as well. When we arrive at Ayn is to let them know something about white face, black blade. Yep. Yep. So we approach the city of Ayn, which indeed is a city. It's quite opulent. If I recall correctly, or at least the, 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 if I remember right, the, the the queen and the castle are on an island in the city. Is that the city's on a river, and so there is an island in the middle yeah. of it. I yes, I this is a small city by the standards of, of the the larger world, mm-hmm. but it is definitely the largest city on the island of Slint, and really probably the only true city. Okay, but I, I kind of pictured it as just very bustling and cheerful. You pass through some peaceful farmlands around it. All seems well when you arrive. Yeah, I noted that there were large uh, walls with towers. The gates are open and uh, guarded by armed, well-armed men. And we could tell that they were trained soldiers. So we're yes. definitely in like civilization here, which is the first time since we started this campaign. Yes. We asked for directions from the soldiers, and we met Captain Donnell, mm-hmm. who was friendly enough and uh, gave us some rules to follow while in the city that we should not draw our blades, do not cast magic, and we our duty is to keep the queen's peace. Yes. Um, and I think he gave us a little general directions as to where things are in the city. He mentions the major road, 
that takes us to the island is on the right-hand side. And one other thing you may have may it may not have picked up on is for a city this size, they have a, a wide variety of merchants, but uh, there's a whole jeweler's quarter that Correct. seems a little bit larger or more specialized than you would expect mm-hmm. from a place of this size. Okay. I'd forgotten about that aspect, and I, yes. I remember you saying that. The one thing that I, probably because Wade was so enamored by the cleanliness of the river, it was yes sparkling and clean, and it the, and something else about the river that seemed a little odd is it appeared to be flowing in both directions. Yes, depending on how we looked at it or what our perspective was. So that caught our eye a little bit. Uh, Definitely Wade was interested in that. So we split up when we got to the city. Well, I think first we delivered our friends that we, the diplomats, to the Queen's Castle. Yes. I believe that was our first order of business. And we were paid for that. 15 platinum is what we were given, each of us. So it was a, it was a rich payout for us that, Really, for the trip, aside from the the the, the scarecrows at the witch's coven, there were I mean, we had some conflict along the way, but boy, fifteen platinum was was pretty nice for first level uh, characters. I think maybe we we're second level at this point, but, right? But nonetheless, it was good, and so we kind of split up when we got over to the 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 the, the, the city part of of Ein, and we came across some notable items of temples. Um, there was a school there, as well as uh, some inns. Uh, the named inns, the Queen's Grace, yep, the Jeweled Chalice, mm-hmm. the Jester's Quip. I mention those just because I love the names of those. <laughs> they seem to fit the city so well. Those were the upscale taverns. Okay. <laughs> there were some, uh, if you get to the working class ones, I don't think you did. Mm-mm. But there was uh, Amba's Bodice, <laughs> the, the Winking Knave, the Satyr's Horn, the Long Lost Lady, and Slight's Best. <laughs> I do think we I do think we explored those. I didn't write those down because I seem to remember the joke about the Winking Knave. We really wanted to go there, <laughs> but we ended up not. That, those are great. I love those. But we, I don't recall the, the order of things, but we did visit the Temple of Danu. That is the queen's goddess. Yes, there were several temples you could choose from. This seems to be a fairly religious place. And we shared some of our wealth with the Temple of Danu. And that surprised me. I, I was still getting into DMing you guys, and it was an interesting, it, it makes it a, a really fascinating group because... You're really not in it for the money. You, right. you donate a huge chunk of what you get. <laughs> Ten platinum. Yes. So, yeah, if, as a DM, I had to take stock and think, okay, mm-hmm. I need to recalibrate what you're getting out of this. I mean, I think our thinking was it's a, it's a foreign land to all of our characters. We are all members one way or another of faith. And so this just seemed like an appropriate temple um, being the queen's goddess to uh, to I have I also noted that along with our donation we spent time there meditating or at least Wade did. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think he did that when um, the others or one, at least one other went to the school of of all color, which also was significant. Yes. So I did 
start to flesh out sort of a language. So it's Chirbyon, translate school of all color, or more like like university or college. It, it is... Higher learning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you, you do find pretty quickly that it's a, essentially a school for mages. For mages, correct. And we did a little bit of looking around the, the, the city, but not too much. So we'll, I think we can jump to, while we were at yes. the, the mage school, they were willing to give us a mission. They, they somehow you know, discovered that we were adventurers through our conversation with them. And they gave us a mission to, or asked us if we would like to uh, take on uh, a task to, um, to head to Tiri Forum, which is a, a camp or a location in the mountains. Yeah, the Tiri Forum is actually a mountain range, oh. kind of in the close to the middle of the island, but that's really not too far because the whole island's fairly small. Okay, right. And, um, and our, our goal was to escort a mage from the school mm-hmm. to collect his stone and return to Ain. That right there, I suppose, should have given us some explanation as to why so many gem stores. And maybe maybe we did right. make the connection. I, th- or- I didn't think he told you there's a gem mine, but they found mm-hmm. some unusual stones in this gem mine. Right. But they'd also lost contact. Okay. And so they were sending they were sending this mage, Brogan of Brogan, to uh, collect... To, to, to go and check it out. Right, and collect the stone and then return with information. Yes. Which is why they didn't send him on their own. They wanted an adventuring party, someone they could protect him because they had lost connection with uh, the mine itself. So he's a, again, I, I rolled him out as more or less a wizard. So mm-hmm. he was a higher level than you, but as a wizard, he's still squishy. So yeah. it, it would make sense that he would need your protection. And he seemed to be at a point of like a coming of age point, if I recall correctly. Yes. He, he was a little like wishy-washy, tried to be tough, but, uh, you know, amongst us, you know, druid, cleric, and monk, but it just didn't hold up. And he sort of yes. wilted before us when he tried to put on a, a toughness role, which, you know, didn't bother Wade. And he, Wade took him on, you know, under his wing and just said, hey, come on, let's do this. And I, I and Wade... I felt like Wade treated him fairly and uh, tried to build his confidence. Yes, he was he was definitely uh, definitely bonded with you guys to a certain extent. Yeah. So this seems like a good place to take a quick break before we head off on our mission in uh, toward the mountains with how did you say his name? Brogan a Brogan. Brogan a Brogan. Brogan a Brogan. We will be right back. This is Teachers in the Dungeon. And we are back on Teachers in the Dungeon. We are on the island of Slint in our second part of our uh, Slint episodic epi- uh, episodes. Episodic episodes. Um, <laughs> it almost gives me an episode just saying that. <laughs> and uh, we're about to head toward the mountains with uh, for on a mission for the Mage School, the School of All Colors, to deliver Brogan to Brogan to the mine for a couple of reasons. One, to collect a stone for him mm-hmm. um, and to make connection. They'd lost uh, contact with uh, the they mine. to find out what's happened there. So find yes. out what's happened. So then we waited until the next morning. We headed to the school to pick him up and we... They arranged for, for transport for you. There's That's right. You could, you could go by river barge most of the way, which would make it a little quicker 
And from a DM standpoint, I was learning that travel is, there can be reasons to extend it and make it interesting, but a lot of times you probably want to try to expedite travel as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this was a, a real natural way to do that. Right. Um, and there were a couple of interesting, puzzling things about the barge that might have made you... There were. So first we meet we meet the captain of the barge. Cottle is mm -hmm. his name. And, uh, Cottle Aboid. And, and what? I'm sorry? Cottle Aboid. Cottle Aboid. And he seemed kind enough, if I remember right, a little quiet? No, he was actually very brusque. Oh, um, okay. He's... He, he's very hardworking, very no-nonsense, very business-like. That must be what I was thinking about. But then you did notice he, he's not entirely kind. Okay. He, he doesn't like Brogan very much. That's right. I forgot about that part. But he, does, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, run this barge by himself. No. Um, he has two, as I, as I, meant, as I uh, wrote on my notes, two other ugly short and stout men who are extremely strong and i don't know that i have names for them well yeah uh, oh, strong Kevin and cork yep strong ugly and stupid <laughs> oh I, I left the stupid part off so, my notes coven and cargan yeah but they know what they're doing they know their work yes now there was a a fourth member on the barge that maybe is what i'm thinking is had a little kindness yes and tried to keep uh coddle his his gruffness at check. Yeah, I suppose it's a little bit of a cliche, but it was his wife. Yes, um, and I I'm not even gonna try her name. Shwivne Namara. Shwivne Namara, the wife of Cottle, would come up and you treat him nice, and you did you know, and, <laughs> and she sort of kept him in um, in check. As we started heading down the river, um, we noted that Cottle spends most of his time at the rudder. Yes, and we also note uh, that he has he has a ring on mm -hmm. that I can't remember the color of his ring, blue, blue stone, blue stone. Yeah, and then what? I guess what brought that awareness that he spends a lot of time in the rudder is when he would move away from the rudder, the boat would not did not move quite as quickly. Yes, the boat is moving upstream, and when he's at the rudder. You know, that's the steering, that's not the propulsion, but somehow when he was there, the boat would move forward much more quickly. Yeah. So that made us scratch our heads a little bit, but hey, we're moving quickly upriver. We are happy for that. Um, did not anticipate too much trouble. So Wade takes a little bit of time to visit with uh, Brogan, and he asks some questions about the mission, and he learns that Brogan is, is expecting a pretty simple conclusion to this, mm -hmm. that the problem he's going to solve that we also learned that there used to be two mines and one of the two mines has been closed for one reason or another, that these are unique mines. They have gems of all sorts. And the rumor is that uh, they have found gems that glow on their own. Mm -hmm. So maybe giving us some sort of indication of why we've lost track of this uh, or why they've lost touch with the mine or maybe why one's been closed, something. Some, obviously, something doesn't seem quite right yes. uh, going into this. About halfway down uh, between the mountains and the city of Ain, we come across, and I'm thinking that this was in the evening that we came to this uh, village of Bear Nuin. Yes. So, yes, this is a normal stop-off point for the, the barge and its crew. So... Coven and Cargan, that's about the only joy they have to look forward in their li simple lives is 
getting to go to the Weeping Princess. So I, I, I've actually written down Cottle and the boys head to the Weeping Princess for a drink. Yes. So you are invited to join if you care to. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we did. And one thing we noted here, talking about Cottle again, and how he treats, and we're starting to get a feeling that it, it's not that he kind of takes negatively to the school of of all colors. Yes. Because he says to Brogan at some point while we're offloading, he says, don't get your wizard hands dirty. And sort of in a demeaning sort of way, like like he wouldn't, like he or his people wouldn't bother getting, you know, dirtying their hands. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, we head over to the Weeping Princess and... <laughs> Yeah, the two uh, the two shipmates are already down in their drinks, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, but it makes sense. I mean, they are they are strong men and they work hard, and so they've earned their keep to be able to take some time to do that. We learn that Polly is the barmaid at the Weeping Princess, um, and we see a couple of questionable characters in the corner, which. You know, when you walk into a bar, you look for that kind of, <laughs> that sort of behavior. And so we see a couple of uh, guys, and what catches our eyes is they hold a weapon that has the markings we've seen someplace else. And actually, Wade has in his bag of holding a weapon that has matching. And that is, they have um, dark swords with the symbol. The black blade the insignia. Yes. Insignia on it. And so they catch your eye right away. Do you do you interact with them much? I think you do a bit, right? We do. I think we try to sort of beat around the bush with them, and they become really agitated with us. Yeah. And yes. I don't recall, and I don't have a note written down here. It, what you realize is that they're they're sort of fronting a little bit. They they try telling you some things that they think are deep and dark and mysterious and scary. Oh, right. And you you roll an insight check and you realize they, they don't really know what they're saying, mm. but they just want to try to scare you. Right. Almost like they're new to the cult or whatever this is and but they don't really understand what it's all about. Right. So they've got the they've got the uniform, but they don't have the background yes. in history. So as a DM I'm trying to to lay the groundwork, give you guys mm-hmm. a few different mysteries to think about, to explore if you choose to. Again, right. I was trying to be as sandboxy as I could at this point without going too crazy. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you know that there's some sort of magic connected with the gems in this place. Yes. But something's not quite right with them. Mm-hmm. There's this cult maybe that seems connected to some of the other weirdness that you've right. seen earlier. So yeah, we're so, we're so, we're starting to put those pieces together a little bit without really understanding how it all fits together. But the night ends almost in a fight. Yes. The two guys, and those two guys are uh, Pavel and Shamus, and they just continually become more and more irritated, especially when we insight check them and realize that they don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> then I think they sense that and they start getting aggressive and we're like, okay, we'll buy you some drinks, we'll get you out. And finally, I, I don't remember exactly how it concludes, but we leave thinking maybe they would follow us or they leave and we follow them. I don't remember which way it went. They leave. I I, th- I think you follow them. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember if Coven and Cargan had any yeah. part in it where they, you know, intimidated these 
I kids, essentially. I, I kind of pictured them as, you know, quote, just out of high school mm-hmm. type of kids. Right. People, men, young men. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I pictured them. Okay. So nonetheless, nothing nothing comes of it other than we now have some seeds planted that Black Blade the white-faced black blade is in this area as well. And so this is our second encounter with that idea or this them as a cult. Yes. So we go back to the barge. We sleep sleep it off and um, head back on our way to the mountain. We head into the, the river becomes surrounded. We, we kind of leave the plains area and head into a forest on the river. And it's about that time that we discovered that this, our travel is definitely aided by magic yes yes the river is more rapid it's harder to steer a barge through and you do hear coddle starting to grumble this is not part of his normal trek right you know, they unloaded their their oh, barge right. mm-hmm. at bear nuin and that's as far as they would have gone okay um, so this is you know he's being paid for this but he's still not right entirely happy about and it. because even though we're moving swiftly because of the navigation we don't make as good a time, and so night falls, and we decide to anchor down on the river. We don't go to the shore, I don't think. No. I was thinking maybe Chris took a dive into the water, uh, being a... He's a sea elf. A sea elf. And, and has he, to. And yeah. He's, yeah, and he swims around a bit, but we don't, other than that, we don't leave the ship. And so we do decide to put, uh, put a watch up because of it being nighttime in the forest, and on the first watch, Bert takes that. He sees way off in the trees two shimmering lights that blink and blink away. And then the light comes back, and it appears to have sort of a lantern sort of feature to it. Then things happen pretty quickly from here. So here's what I have in my notes, and you can <laughs> you can fill it in as on the DM side because then up in the trees there's there was a skittering, and something jumps out of the trees in our direction and it's shouting help help it's dark it kills it kills it's coming and we recognize by this time uh, Bert had gotten us up and so we were um, we were at the ready and we recognize that this is a pixie mm-hmm. um, flying towards us quickly followed by the uh, there's some the flashing lights continue to follow it, mm-hmm. but and then there's to be attacking or trying. It, yeah, to... kind of like pecking at it. Yeah. Um, I imagine when you see like those large hawks flying about, and you see the little tiny birds flying in and pecking at it. Is it? <laughs> yes, I would it, say. I, yeah, I, I, that's how I pictured it. Um, but then there's also a shadowy, dark creature that emerges. Yes, that is. Yeah, ghost-like, but not a ghost. Mm-hmm. And this is a specter, so it you. It attacks you, right on the on the barge, and you are able to drive it off. It's a little bit difficult, but it doesn't. You 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 wound it enough, and it goes. Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't kill it. Yeah, and I'm, I was trying to remember. Do you have no? Did, did the two bargemen come up and help fight, or was it just us? No, I, it okay, just it was just us. Okay, so after the battle, uh, we we the pixies there. Yep. And we have conversation. We learn that the pixie's name is Bubble Glisten. Yes. Which which we all found to be wildly amusing, <laughs> um, especially Bert, because if, if I remember right, it takes a fondness. In fact, from here on out, most of the pixies and other fae that we meet 
take a great fondness to Bert being a uh, Furbolg. A, a, a yes. Um, so Bubble Glisten has immediate trust in Bert, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't have anything written down about what we learn. She she goes on to say, "Where should I go? No forest is safe. Floaty shades here, and the dryads say there's worse over the mountains. White face, black blade, and worse." They fight, but they die. If dryads and satyrs can't withstand a foe, how can a pixie? Mm. A little more knowledge that something is moving, something's happening. And after having fought the specter the night before, formidable. We know that something dangerous um, is ahead. And we're starting to understand why refugees were fleeing from the mountains, because obviously Will of the Wisp and... Spectres are nothing to, to trifle with for an adventurer, let alone for, you know, n- normal everyday farmers and merchants. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so definitely seems uh, dangerous. The next day, Coddle seems shaken. Yes. He is uncomfortable uh, with the happenings of the night before. And so we note that the barge is moving quickly. Yes. So you do arrive at yeah, it's at a final outpost, and you can see beyond that the river isn't navigable. So this is where he's going to drop you off, right? And and he is almost shoving you off because mm-hmm. he wants to get back downriver as quickly as he can, right, to safety. Yeah, and the the where we where he lets us off, there is a small camp there. Mm-hmm. It's a flat spot alongside the river where there's some wooden uh, buildings. Uh, you had described it very appropriately as a frontier village. I knew exactly what this what this <laughs> looked like. Quickly built yes. uh, buildings and... Uh, like a prospector's yep. shanties everywhere. And- Jacques, while we're doing this, um, Jacques speaks with Bubble Glisten about dryads. And, and Bubble Glisten... Or no, Jacques shares with Bubble Glisten, I believe, that he's he's afraid he may never see dryads again. Was it that way, or was it the other way around? Bubble Glisten saying that to Jacques. I don't. I don't remember now. It would be. It would be Bubble Glisten saying okay. that. And so you know, clearly we're in a very upset area of the island. Yes. The one last thing I did have down here that I I enjoyed putting in here is that it's about a day's travel from this outpost to the mine entrance. Brogan pulls out a map and struggles to read it. Oh. <laughs> Ah, yes, that wouldn't be a strong point for him uh, from the school of all colors. <laughs> so this seems like a good place to wrap up the episode. Yes. Um, because we've made it from Ein all the way to, well, the the, the frontier uh, uh, camp oh, just away from the mine. And so that's where we'll pick up next time. Yes. And we, we thank you all, as always, for joining us and sharing uh, our adventures and, and, and we hope you're enjoying those. Let us know what you think about uh, this. Have you ever fought Fae like a pixie or a dark Fae? Because we suspect that maybe the, either that or undead. Or what do you think the the black blade white face are? Because that was definitely something we were thinking about when we fought that specter. Although we don't think the specter was the black blade white face no. uh, uh, creature. No, um, but and, and again, the other thing that would seem odd is the way this little pixie said all of her companions are wiped out. She's oh, the only one left. Right. So that is another thing. And, and dryads and satyrs are being attacked and killed. Yeah. So that 
is not typical for creatures of peace. I mean, that's really what they, they are. I mean, they're tricksters the and they're tricky, but generally, yeah, they hide from things like that. And the fact that they are being targeted um, was definitely seeming odd. We will continue next time on our on our next episodic adventure. Uh, we'll continue here in Slint. So be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Teachers in the Dungeon. On Twitter, we are at Dungeon Teachers. Check us out there. Let us know what you think of the show. Until next time, we'll see you on Teachers in the Dungeon. See you soon. Dark creatures targeting helpless Happy Fae. There are mysteries upon mysteries in this island. You'll have to keep listening to discover the dark truths hidden in the many forests of Slint. And you'll have to keep listening to find out how Bert makes friends with so many pixies. But that's another story altogether. That wraps up today's session, so thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.